five minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nachum Siegel. Welcome to a Friday, Erev Shabbos. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program. A hundred times a day it's not okay To have to look behind your back For a world that values peace and freedom Y'all should cut us a little slack As the siren blares, no one cares A fearful eyes, so full of tears But we know that God protects us All through the years We refuse to apologize for defending our lives In the only place where we belong They can keep themselves alive with their children and wives Shielding them is just so wrong You can try to find a way to make sense Of why they fight They can run but they can't hide Cause the Almighty's on our side They say that in the name of God in our land and abroad that we don't got the right to live. We extend an olive branch and sing, give peace a chance with all the help we give. I can wrap my head around the tunnels underground trying to destroy our nation's pride. They can run, but they can't hide. Cause the Almighty's on our side We refuse to apologize for defending our lives In the only place where we belong They can keep themselves alive with their children and wives Shielding them is just so wrong You can try to find a way to make sense Of why they fight They can run but they can't hide Cause the Almighty's on our side Apologize for defending our lives in the only place where we belong. They can keep themselves alive with their children and wives. Shielding them is just so wrong. You can try to find a way to make sense of why they fight. They can run, but they can't hide. Cause the Almighty's on our side.
Cause the Almighty's on our side.
כל לילה אני חולם, כשהבוקר בא זה מתגשם, אין מילים אשר יאכלו עוד לתאר מה רבו כל מעשיך השם. אז תודה על שנושם, על זכות בעולמך להתקיים, שלכל אדם ישנו מלאך שומר, שאור גדול תמיד דולק בחשיכה. כולם יודעים שאין עוד מלבדך, וכל זורק עדיף שמה, אוחז חזק בשתי ידיים, שנופל וקם, נופל וקם, קורא לך בורא עולם, וכל זורק עדיף שמיים, אמתן לי ברכתך כמיים, שלעולם לא תעזוב, אבא שלי. כל דקה טעיתי, יום שבו נולדתי עד מותי, אותו עפר שבאתי אליו אשוב, את העיניי נושא אליך כשעצור, הכל רכב אליו אני, לוקחים איתנו מעשים טובים, טוב שמי שמן טוב, מה שנשאר, שבלב תמיד תיבר האמונה. קדם שמיים, אוחז חזק בשתי ידיים. גם כשנופל וקם, נופל וקם, קורא לך בורא עולם. וכל זועק עד לב שמיים, אמתר לי ברכתך כמיים, שלעולם לא תעזור. אבא שלי, אתה זועק עד לב
Shabbos Kahala, Hine Shabbos, Hine Kahala.
Bonos also for you, via Dolly's Alculano, Bravo's Bonos also for you, via Dolly's Shekerachain, <laughs> 
Israel, 
J.M. and the A.M. Zalman uh, Pollock with Am Hanetzach here at J.M. and the A.M. Before that, a whole bunch of uh, great Vekas Erev Shabbos selections. You heard Me'ain Habrochos, Rabos Bonos, Shalom Aleichem, and Los Hevoshi. Suki and Ding with their quote-unquote brand new Ufaratzda medley. Ufaratzda words from this week's Parsha. Nofel Vakam from Moshe Dweck, that's brand new. Pini Ostracher's Kacha Menatzchim, that's brand new. The Almighty's on our side, Tali Yes, brand new. And of course, Regesh, Modani opening things up. And we say good morning. Welcome to a Friday, everybody. It is the, uh, what is today, the 24th day of November, day number 11 in the month of Kislev. The year is 5784, Tufshin Pei Dalid. Uh, Thanksgiving weekend, Black Friday, as they say. Does everybody else around the world know about Black Friday? Who knows? Uh, but it's Black Friday here in the United States, <laughs> where, where supposedly there's so much shopping going on for the upcoming holiday season that businesses end up in the black. That's supposedly the reference. Let's hope it's true for all the businesses out there. Who knows? Anyway, I hope your Thanksgiving went well. My, my uh, major thank you goes to Avrami and to Mayor Fertig. Avrami for sitting in yesterday on... Thanksgiving Day, Mayor Furtick for sitting in Wednesday 
here at JM and the AM. Gave, uh, they gave me a couple of days off, which is much appreciated. And here we are on a Friday, Erev Shabbos. Malcolm Honline is scheduled to join us with a weekly update. I am not quite sure what to think about the ceasefire slash hostage release that supposedly is going to be happening. I know the ceasefire, I think, is officially on already. The hostage release supposedly is going to be happening in the next couple of hours. It's obviously mixed feelings for everybody. Um, everybody wants every hostage home. This is something the enemy can't relate to. They don't have the uh, the values, the the faith, the freedom, the menschlichkeit, if you will, the uh, feelings for life, for liberty. They don't have that. They don't have any of that. However, the um, the people of Israel and most God-fearing democratic people, most value-driven democratic people, they've got it. So I think there's a mixed feeling here as uh, obviously there'll be some some joy with the release of some of the hostages, but uh, everybody wants all of them released ASAP. We'll see what happens. Malcolm Holmline will be with us uh, literally as... Uh, as this hostage release is supposed to be in its final stages, at least final stages of preparation. So he'll join us coming up about an hour from now. We'll see what he has to say about the entire situation right here at JM in the AM. Should be interesting to say the least. Um, anyway, so that's the story. That's the story regarding the latest news. And let's hope and pray that uh, this whole process is accelerated. I don't know how many of the prisoners that are being requested to be released will have to be released to make it all happen, but I think the uh, people of Israel are resigned to the fact that whatever it takes, whatever it takes, whatever it takes. JM and the AM on a Friday morning era of Shabbos. Guess what? It's an early Shabbos. Yeah, we're in that time of the year. Avrami told me that where he is in Beit Shemesh, I think it's 420. By us, it's even earlier, 412. 412 is candlelighting time on this Erev Shabbos Parshas Vayetze. Again, 412 is candlelighting time on this Erev Shabbos Parshas Vayetze. This portion of NSN programming is brought to you by our friends at A&H. Enjoy a 10% discount on all Abel's and Hyman products at kosherdogs.net with promo code radio. A&H has been serving the kosher world since 1954, and A&H products are available at better kosher supermarkets nationwide. Try A&H today. You'll be glad you did. And to say that that is an understatement, my gosh, that is an understatement. <laughs> um, so there you have it. Try A&H today. You certainly will be glad you did. So our friends at shopeichlers.com, uh, here's the story. Here's the story. Um Whenever you use promo code radio, whenever you use promo code radio at shopbyclothes.com for anything round, round the year, could be Erev Hanukkah, could be Erev anything, uh, you're going to get a discount, a 5% discount by using promo code radio at uh, shopbyclothes.com. That's how it works. Um, however, today is Black Friday. On Black Friday, if you want to save 20% on all menorahs and stands, that's all menorahs and all menorahs stands, for your home, go to shopeichlers.com, and from now through the 26th, that's now through Monday, you get 20% off on menorahs and stands using promo code BF, I guess that's Black Friday, 
BF 2023. All right? So, everything at shopiclers.com, always use promo code radio. If you're shopping today through Monday for menorahs and stands for your menorah, it's Black Friday at shopiclers.com. Use BF 2023. All right? That's that's the current situation with the promo codes. We really we thought we had it. We thought we had it where if you use promo code radio, you'll be eligible for any of the specials from shopiclers.com, but we were informed just the other day that uh, the back end of their website would not be able to um to adjust to that uh to that um to that type of procedure. So always use promo code radio at shopiclers.com. If you're shopping today through Monday for menorahs and stands at shopiclers.com, use promo code BF for Black Friday, BF2023. Again, BF2023. All right. Erev Shabbos here at JM and the AM. Hope that explains the situation a little bit better. I hope. <laughs> Not sure myself. Um. Anyway, so we're on the cusp of uh, of this hostage exchange, I guess you got to call it, right? A certain number of uh, Israel's hostages are going to be coming home. A number of prisoners are going to be released. That's the way it's going to work. Um, it's, uh, again, what can I say? The whole The whole thing is bittersweet whole thing's been pretty bitter from the beginning since Simchus Torah, but uh, doesn't seem any of the stages of all of this um, happened smoothly, to say the least. Um, anyway, Malcolm Holmline, an hour from now with the weekly update. I'm sure he'll have plenty to say about this and the plenty of other things that's happening today right here at JM and the AM and the Nahum Siegel Network. Feel free to comment on the app. Go to the NSN, Nahum Siegel Network app for Android and iPhone, and comment away. Um, Rabbi Cash says in Miami, they're starting at 510. Well, that makes sense, right? They're very West in the Eastern time zone. So they're starting at 510, but here in the New York area, almost an hour earlier, 412. Ooh, if you're watching the Jet Miami game, you get about an hour of it in New York. You get about two hours of it in Miami. How do you like that? Hmm, I should have thought of that. (laughs) Should have flown down. Should have flown down to the west part of Florida <laughs> for today. Although the way the way they've been playing, the game's probably going to be over in the first half hour anyway. So I don't think we have much to worry about, frankly. JM and the AM Friday morning Arab Shabbos Parshas by Yitzay Harry Rothenberg and Rabbi Yudin are going to be joining us coming up here at the Nahum Siegel Network. A big thank you to Avrami. A big thank you to Mayor Ferdig. It is because of them that I was able to uh, take some time off Wednesday and Thursday. Thank you again, Mayor Ferdig. Thank you again, our dear Abraham. Um, They are both amazing fellows, and they're both great hosts, and I thank them for sitting in here for the last couple of days at JM and the AM. Uh, Oh, by the way, our friends at ArtScroll have announced a Black Friday Cyber Monday offer. It's a limited-time offer, Black Friday Cyber Monday for six days only through this coming Tuesday. The 73-volume Schottenstein Talmud Bavli in all sets and all sizes, 1975. You can uh, get the English full-size set. You can get the English Dafyomi set. You can get the Hebrew full-size set and the Hebrew Dafyomi size set. Just 1975, 
all sets, all sizes. Check it out. The 51-volume Schottenstein Talmud Yerushalmi, all full-size sets, are just $14.75 in this Black Friday Cyber Monday sale from Artscroll and Artscroll.com. 50% off the fully loaded iPad, just $750 with with everything. It is the ultimate gift for everybody who has everything, this fully loaded iPad from our friends at Artscroll. Now through Tuesday, just $750. And the fully loaded 12.9-inch iPad Pro is just $16.99. Remember that um, uh, that uh, normally that list price is $2,500. Go to Artscroll.com, the Schottenstein Shoss sets, the, um, the um, fully loaded iPads, all are available now in this Black Friday Cyber Monday special, plus free shipping in the United States. Order yours today at artscroll.com. Make sure to use promo code radio. Order yours today at artscroll.com. Make sure to use promo code radio. Well, this is the time of year where there's a lot of savings. I guess uh, we'll be talking over the next couple of weeks about amazing things like that. By the way, speaking of amazing things, we have an amazing Giving Tuesday this Tuesday. Giving Tuesday, the day of giving. Giving Tuesday this Tuesday is going to kick off our 40th anniversary year-end campaign. This is the time of year where we ask everybody to be as generous as possible and to keep us going for another year. This has been a tradition for 40 years here at JM in the AM. This coming Tuesday is going to kick off our 40-year anniversary campaign, our year-end campaign with Giving Tuesday. I'm asking everybody to give as generously as possible. Go to fjbunity.org fjbunity.org be as generous as you can uh, we have a lofty goal for the 40th anniversary and i hope we reach that goal it all starts this coming tuesday with giving tuesday here at jm in the am so again please this coming tuesday's giving tuesday go to fjbunity.org get us off to an amazing start um yeah what can i say get us off to an amazing start is all i can say give and give as generously as possible um fjbunity.org fjbunity.org Danny Palgon at JM in the AM Sitting in silence We're not okay The things our nation's been through darkness how much can we take but the spirit of Amisrael that will never break somehow even in the darkest moments Amisrael perseveres through it all even when the world seems broken when the tears don't seem to dry We will rise above We will stand as one I'm Yisrael Chai Even when the pain feels so heavy Even when it's hard to see the light We will rise above We will stand as one I'm Yisrael Chai I'm Yisrael The emotions I 
can feel so alone, but we will rise up united. We will get through this as one. Now we've been in the darkest moments. I'm your soul, perseveres through it all. Even when the world seems broken, even when the tears don't seem to dry, we will rise above. We will stand as one. I'm your soul, high. Even when the pain feels so heavy, even when it's hard to see the light, we will rise above. We will stand as one. Ham Yisrael Chai. Ham Yisrael Chai. Even when the world seems broken, even when the tears don't seem to dry, we will rise above. We will stand as one. I'm Yisrael Chai. Even when the world seems broken, even when the tears don't seem to dry, we will rise above. We will stand as one. I'm Yisrael Chai. Even when the pain feels so heavy, even when it's hard to see the light, we will rise above. We will stand as one. I'm Yisrael Chai. I'm Yisrael Chai.
Israel with Hitorari. Simcha Liner, Kiatayim Madi, Am Yisrael Chai, done by Danny Palgon. This is America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listeners sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web at AlchemSingle.com, on the AlchemSingle Network, and of course on the beloved NSN app. Golly, it's on the background to our news from Israel coming up here at JM in the AM. Hour or two away from the hostage deal, supposedly, if you could trust the enemy. Malcolm Holmline will join us in under an hour with a weekly update. We'll discuss the hostage deal and many other aspects of what's going on in this war seven weeks later. As we uh, continue to uh, do what we can for our brothers and sisters in the Holy Land, and I certainly hope that everyone joins me in doing whatever we can for our brothers and sisters in the Holy Land. Um, Harry Rothenberg and Rabbi Yudin coming up with uh, words about this uh, upcoming Parsha of Parsha's Vayetze. Candle lighting in New York at 412. Make sure you know when things start where you are. We're at 412 in New York on this Black Friday. Kale Tzal, Israel Army Radio, newscast next. 
ההסכם לשחרור החטופים, 13 נשים וילדים שנחטפו על ידי מחבלי חמאס, צפויים להשתחרר בעוד כשעתיים. הם יוחזרו באמצעות נציגי הצלב האדום ויועברו דרך מעבר רפיח המצרי. על הליך הקליטה הצפוי בישראל, כתבנו הצבאי דורון קדוש. החטופים יובאו בשיירה מגבול מצרים לבסיס חצרים של חיל האוויר, שם תתקיים הקליטה הראשונית ושם ישוחחו בטלפון לראשונה עם בני המשפחות. בקליטה יפגשו גם קב"ניות ופסיכולוגיות של צה"ל, משם הם יועברו לבחירתם במסוק או ברכבים לבתי החולים במרכז הארץ. צה"ל ממתין לקליטתם עם אוזניות וצעצועים לילדים שצפויים להשתחרר, בבתי החולים ייפגשו לראשונה עם בני משפחותיהם. כתבנו גל ג'רסי מציין שמחר בשבע בערב תתקיים בכיכר החטופים בתל אביב עצרת תמיכה במאות בני משפחות החטופים שיקיריהם עדיין מוחזקים בידי חמאס דאעש. ואז הטוענים שני הרוגים מאש צה"ל לאחר שניסו לחזור לצפון הרצועה, עוד שבעה נפצעו. משאיות סיוע מאל עריש נכנסו מהבוקר למעבר רפיח כדי לספק ציוד רפואי, מים ותרופות לרצועה. כתבנו לענייני ערבים ג'קי חוגי מוסר שעל פי דיווחים פלסטיניים, אלפי גופות נמצאו פזורות בכל רחבי הרצועה. 39 האסירים הפלסטינים שעתידים להשתחרר עושים את דרכם מבתי הכלא בצפון לכלא עופר, שם יעברו זיהוי בידי הצלב האדום. כתבתנו הדס שטייף מוסרת שבשעה היהודה הם יועברו למעבר ביטוניה ומשם ליהודה ושומרון או למזרח ירושלים. בין האסירים הביטחוניים שישוחררו הערב גם מחבלים שביצעו פיגועי דקירה ותושבי מזרח ירושלים. כתבתנו נועה ברנס מוסרת שבמשטרת הבירה נערכים בכוחות מתוגברים למנוע הפרות סדר וחגיגות בעקבות שחרור מחבלים, שוטרים רבים הוצבו בעיר העתיקה ובמזרח העיר. שר החוץ אלי כהן סייר הבוקר עם שרי החוץ של פורטוגל וסלובניה בכפר עזה ובשדרות. השר כהן הבהיר שעם תום ההפוגה המלחמה תחודש ואמר לעמיתיו שהגיבוי שלהם לישראל עד לחיסול חמאס הוא חיוני על מנת להבטיח שהם לא יהיו הבאים בתור. שר החוץ ביקש מעמיתיו לקדם חקיקה נגד חמאס באירופה, להוציא את חמאס ושלוחותיו מחוץ לחוק ולייבש את מקורות המימון שלו. כתבנו המדיני הניר קוזין מוסר ששר החוץ נפגש עד כה עם 20 שרי חוץ שהגיעו להביע תמיכה וסולידריות עם מדינת ישראל מאז 7 באוקטובר. רגלן העבר וקשר מכבי חיפה ונבחרת ישראל אברהם מנצ'ל הלך לעולמו הבוקר בגיל 87. מנצ'ל המזוהה יותר מכל עם מועדון הכדורגל מכבי חיפה הוביל את הקבוצה לתואר הראשון בתולדותיה זכייה בגביע המדינה ב-1962. מנצ'ל זכה עם נבחרת ישראל בגביע אסיה ב-1960. ידיעה שהעביר כתב הספורט יוני זילברמן. מזג האוויר בהיר עד מונן חלקית עם ירידה קלה בטמפרטורות. אלה החדשות בצוות תמר שונמי, ניב וויליאמס וגלעד הראל. Shit.
יעקב אל תחת. אנחנו עם סגולה, אנחנו לא לבד. כשצרבאות עלינו, כולנו כאחד. לא נפחד עם ישראל, עד אם נעשה רצונו, הוא יעשה רצוננו. הוא אבינו, הוא מלכנו, מושיענו. Thank <laughs> you. 
J.M. in the A.M. with uh, Uri Davidi and Bircha Sa'av here at J.M. in the A.M. Uh, before that, Hashem Lachem Lachem. Words uh, 
Words from the Torah that uh, are sung by Avram Freed. And he does quite a job at singing them, I can tell you that much. Harry Rothenberg has a message for Parshas Vayetze, a message for us, I should say, regarding Parshas Vayetze. His words are always appreciated, to say the least. And um, his words, of course, today are dedicated for a refuah shlema, a quick, speedy recovery to our dear friend, Ruchama Chana Etel Baschava. Ruchama Chana Etel Baschava. Harry Rothenberg, Parshas Vayetze, here at JM in the AM. This week, the Torah shares with us a surprisingly lengthy story. Yaakov shows up at the well. There are a bunch of shepherds around doing absolutely nothing. He engages them in conversation and says to them, guys, what is going on? It's not quitting time yet. Why aren't you working? And they say to him, what are we supposed to do? There's a big stone on top of the well. We have to wait until all of the shepherds arrive, and then together we lift the stone up. As they're talking, Rachel, his future wife, shows up. He takes one look at her, gets up, goes over to the well, and lifts the stone like it's nothing. What is the lesson of this story? You may say to me, the story is there in Torah in order to teach us that Yaakov is very strong. Do I really need that story? God is the narrator in the Torah. Couldn't have just told me, and Yaakov is very strong. We wouldn't have believed him. We would have said, oh God, you're always exaggerating. And if we need a story, just take a look at next week's Torah portion, where Yaakov wrestles and defeats an angel. Personally, I never wrestled an angel, but I'm pretty sure you have to be pretty strong to beat one in a fight. So if we need a story, there's the story. Why do we need two stories to tell us that Yaakov was incredibly strong? Maybe the answer is, that we're looking at the wrong person in the story. We're focused on Yaakov, the hero. We should be looking at the shepherds. You know why? Because the shepherds are us. That's who we are, sitting on our couches, watching heroes, watching superhero movies, watching sporting events, reading stories about great people or great rabbis and saying, wow, that person was so strong. That person was so gifted. That person had such incredible self-restraint. I can never do that. Yaakov's showing us in the story, just a rock. Of course you can do that. Just go over and lift it. No, I can never do that. I, I would need 20 people. No, you don't. Here, watch me. Just look. You just go over and lift it. We are capable of so much more than we can imagine when it comes to spirituality. And that's why the sages tell us that a person who consistently gave into his or her evil inclination throughout his or her life gets up to heaven. They see that evil inclination as a pebble and they say, how is it possible that I wasn't able to overcome that temptation? It was so easy. Versus the tzaddik, the righteous person, who spent his or her life overcoming temptation after temptation, sees their evil inclination as a mountain and says, how in the world was I ever able to overcome that? And the answer is that if you spend your life each time you face a spiritual test saying, I can do this, absolutely can do this. I don't need to wait and watch for a hero. I can do it. Instead of saying, I can never do that. You step over a pebble and then you step over another one. And then those pebbles add up and they become a stone. Those stones become bigger rocks. Those rocks become boulders. And the next thing you know, over the course of your life, you have scaled a spiritual mountain. We can do it.
J.M. in the A.M. with Derek Achim. Lachad Odi is the name of that one. Friday morning, Erev Shabbos. Candle lighting at 412 in New York. Make sure you know when things start where you are. Malcolm Honeline in about 20 minutes from now with a weekly update here at J.M. in the A.M. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Friday morning with a big thank you going out to uh, Mayor Fertig and, um, and Avrami. Uh, they hosted Wednesday and Thursday's JM and the AM on Erev Thanksgiving, as Yoshua Siegel would say, and on Thanksgiving itself. A big thank you to both of them. Here we are on Erev Shabbos Parshas Vayetze getting set for a uh, wonderful early Shabbos and what hopefully will be a, um, a better Shabbat for the number of hostages that will hopefully be coming out before Shabbat. They literally are, are lighting candles in Israel anywhere between 4 and 4.30, depending on the community and around that time is when the initial hostages are scheduled to come out of Gaza and be brought to Israel. Let's hope and uh, let's hope the rest follow very very soon. That is uh, what everybody is hoping as everybody goes through all of this. Uh, Friday morning Erev Shabbos thanks for joining us don't forget Tuesday begins our day of giving or I should say it differently Tuesday begins our year-end fundraiser our 40th anniversary year-end fundraiser giving Tuesday will kick the whole thing off this coming Tuesday morning beginning at 6 a.m. be as generous as you can let us count you among our supporters for yet another year commemorate the 40 years with a significant donation I don't know it's 40 you may want to give 400 4,000 40 dollars and 40 cents I don't know you figure it out, but please, uh, I'm begging you all to participate with us and make this 40th anniversary campaign a great success. Let us keep going with everything you enjoy on a daily basis here at JM in the AM and the Nahum Siegel Network. Uh, go to fjbunity.org, fjbunity.org. That's how you do it, fjbunity.org, and please be as generous as possible. Officially kicking off the campaign on a Giving Tuesday this coming Tuesday morning, but again, you could give right now. And again, be as generous as possible. JM and AM, Friday morning, era of Shabbos, Malcolm Holmline and Rabbi Yudin, both expected between now and 9 a.m., 10 o'clock for Mark Zamek and the Arab of Shabbos show, brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem. It's happening today at 10 a.m. Eastern Time. Our final hour, about 3 o'clock Eastern Time. Again, all brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem. It is Friday, after all. This portion of NSN programming is brought to you by our friends at A&H. Abel's and Hyman makes traditional kosher delicacies, pastrami, corned beef, salami, and more. Old world classics, beef fry, kishka, and more. And modern, better-for-you kosher products, including no nitrate-added, reduced fat, and reduced sodium hot dogs, plus many other unique items. Visit the website at kosherdogs.net. Try A&H today, as we always say. You'll be glad you did. That's an understatement. Trust me, you'll be glad you did. Um, let's see here. Oh, speaking of uh, Black Friday and Cyber Monday, our friends at ArtScroll have gone nuts. They have a limited time offer for Black Friday and Cyber Monday, a sale that's going to last until Tuesday. Tuesday, Giving Tuesday for us, is the last day of this sale. All sets and all sizes of the Schottenstein Talmud Bavli 1975. Uh, includes the English full size, the English dafyomi, the Hebrew full size, the Hebrew dafyomi. All sets, all sizes, just 1975. I mean, you're saving over $1,000 on the English full size set, which is pretty remarkable, frankly. Um, so again, 1975. 
for the all sets, all sizes of the Schottenstein Talmud Bavli, the Schottenstein Talmud Yerushalmi, all full-size sets, just fourteen seventy-five, in the Black Friday Cyber Monday sale that lasts through Tuesday, and 50% off the fully loaded iPad. Everything you can imagine in that iPad for $750. That's it. All the details at artscroll.com. Make sure when you order these and all the other items at artscroll.com, make sure to use promo code radio. Again, make sure to use promo code radio. After all, you want all the free shipping and all the major discounts you can get. Again, use promo code radio when you go to artscroll.com and take advantage of their Black Friday, Cyber Monday incredible sale, which is going on uh, now. Yeah, it started already. So go to that website, artscroll.com, and enjoy. Um, Malcolm Honeline coming up with a weekly update, as we said. Giving Tuesday is Tuesday. Uh, it'll kick off our 40th anniversary year-end campaign. Be as generous as possible to keep JM and the AM and the Malcolm Single Network going. Go to fjbunity.org. Again, that's fjbunity.org, and let's hope this year-end campaign is a great success. We want to just keep on going. And, I'm on, and that means keep on going in many different ways. Daily programming, everything we offer, both Jam and the AM and before and after Jam and the AM, our trips to Israel, which have been so key over the last couple of months, which have been very revealing in terms of what our brothers and sisters in Israel are going through, bringing you chesed projects and a whole variety of things that are uh, being made available through these airwaves. So I thank you all for that. By the way, do I have the information here? There's a link... There's a link created by uh, Yonina Zuckerman. Um, I just have to find it. Uh, Many of you are aware of the fact that Leo Riteggi asked us to bring coats to Jerusalem. We're traveling to Israel. Please God again next month. And she asked for coats for the children who are in hotels in Yerushalayim who come from the south and have no winter coats. And as you know, winter in Yerushalayim is not always easy, to say the least. Um, So... Anybody out there that'd like to get us over the next uh, three, four weeks, want to get us, who wants to get us children's winter coats uh, to bring to Israel, we're committed to doing it. Yeah, I don't care how many suitcases it's going to take. So if you want to get us winter coats, uh, sizes 4 to 14, girls and boys, um, go ahead. Go ahead and... Uh, and get them to us, and we'll take them to Israel. Now, there, Now, this is what Yonina created... She created a registry on Amazon, which I'm assuming you could search, right? I'm assuming you could search this. What do I know about this stuff? Coats for Yerushalayim. Now, it's spelled a little differently than most of us spell Yerushalayim, uh, but it's Coats for Yerushalayim. Y-E-R-U, Yeru, Y-E-R-U-S-H-L-I-A-M. Y-E-R-U-S-H-L-I-A-M. A.M. And even though it says December 31st, the truth is, if you want to participate in this, you got to get it to us by December 15th. That's really the reality. So you'll see there a registry uh, with suggested coats. You could literally just order them. They'll go to our home, and uh, we'll take them to Israel. And Leo Rateji and everybody, Armeo Racha, thanks this, o- thanks this audience profusely. We've been involved, I'm proud to say, in doing chesed with her on the front lines for many, many years. And now it's a really, really sensitive and difficult situation especially in Yerushalayim where she is uh, fighting this battle uh, in all the hotels where there are thousands of kids. In total, there are thousands of kids in these just in Jerusalem hotels. Forget about the rest of the country. So a big thank you to everybody who's participating from all of us here at uh, JM in the AM. 
Um, there was a, uh, there was another, oh yeah. And then I wanted to tell you again about what, about the latest, um, let me tell you about the latest that's going on with shopeichlers.com. So shopeichlers.com, as we said earlier in the week, uh, has been extremely generous to our listeners. There's now a full year-round promo code, radio, right? The promo code is radio. You could save 5% year-round. Could be Erev Hanukkah, could be Erev Tishabov, could be Erev anything. You save 5% every day of the year when you use promo code radio at shopeichlers.com. However... Because of a um, the situation with their back end, if you want to take advantage of their further discounts, you got to use their promo code. So you always use promo code radio. However, for instance, on the Black Friday sale for menorahs and menorah stands, shopichlers.com has a 20% off promo code between now and Monday. So if you're ordering a uh, menorah or a menorah stand at shopichlers.com between now and Monday. Use promo code BF for Black Friday, I guess. BF2023. Again, that's BF2023. So again, menorahs, stands, 20% off if you use the promo code BF2023. Otherwise, always use promo code radio. It's shopichlers.com. Again, shopichlers.com. Shop away and enjoy. More coming up at JM in the AM. I'm 
JM in the AM. Friday, Erev Shabbos. My thanks to um, Mayor Furtick for sitting in Wednesday, and my thanks to Avrami for sitting in yesterday on Thanksgiving Day. Good to be back Friday morning, Erev Shabbos here at JM in the AM. Candle lighting in New York, 412 on this Erev Shabbos Parshas Vayetze, 412. Candle lighting time. Ufaratsta, of course, words from this week's parsha. Sandy Shmueli with Mim Komchli. Heard Aishas Chayel done by Shim Kramer. Derech Achim had Odi here at JM in the AM. So I hope your Thanksgiving and your Black Friday is going well. Again, Erev Shabbos Parshas Vayetze, candle lighting at 412. In Israel, some communities light as early as 4 o'clock. So don't forget to be in touch with our family and friends in Israel who are going to be going through that um, that feeling of something significant happening uh, as Shabbos begins, and uh, most of them will not know how things turned out, referring, of course, to the hostage situation. We'll talk more about that with Malcolm Honline in just a moment here at JM in the AM. Uh, don't forget our friends at jewishworldreview.com. If you want to print out thousands of articles before Shabbos about what's going on in Israel and the Jewish world, and in general, this crazy world of ours, go to jewishworldreview.com. Print out some articles, read them over the weekend, and enjoy. Reminder, this coming Tuesday is Giving Tuesday. It is the kickoff of our 40th anniversary. Wow, that's a long time. I sent Malcolm a picture yesterday of him on Jam in the AM 30 years ago yesterday. Actually, it may have been 30 years ago today. It may have been a Friday. At the home work. Anyway, um, don't forget Tuesday is Giving Tuesday. It's the kickoff of our 40th anniversary campaign, our year-end campaign, which we pray will be a great success. Um, those of you who want to kick things off today, you can. Just go to fjbunity.org and be as generous as possible. fjbunity.org and be as generous as possible. Malcolm Honline is vice chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations with us Fridays for the weekly update at JM and the AM. Mr. Honline, welcome back to JM and the AM. Thank you. It's a very important Friday morning, this uh, Erev Shabbos. Oh, that's for sure. That's for sure. Um, it's sort of bittersweet. I mean, obviously, I'm sure you know what I mean by that. Um, tell me about Israel, essentially, I know there are intermediaries, Qatar, USA, etc. But essentially, Israel is making a deal with the devil, with terrorists. Tell me about this process that got us till today. And do you think that, in fact, at 4 p.m. Israel time, which is just over an hour from now, there will be serious movement of hostages back to Israel? So there, there are a few very complicated and lengthy questions, uh, or at least lengthy answers necessary to talk about how we got to where we are. But everybody knows the events of October 7th and the ensuing uh, military efforts, as well as parallel efforts through Qatar primarily uh, to reach to the, uh, to the Hamas leadership, who were underground, remember, and largely incommunicado for the last uh, weeks, uh, because they know that their phones were used to track them. So they stopped using any kind of uh, means of electronic communication and communicated only by sending notes from their rat holes through emissaries that they would send out to um, to, to deliver the messages and their responses. And that's one of the reasons it took long 
to uh, be able to work out the details, which I think as of now, uh, some are still unresolved, including the right of the Red Cross to visit the remaining hostages, those not released today. And, and my understanding is that as of now, it's still not resolved. There was some talk that they would get medical reports on each of the of the hostages, but that you know is not very meaningful because uh, they can doctor those reports. There's no if there's no independent verification, and the uh, nobody knows the conditions and the the uh, the health condition, mental conditions. You have to remember the burden that will still remain with those who get out. They're going to be taken immediately to some will be taken to the hospital immediately if they're in need of medical condition. If not, they're going to be taken to an Air Force base for a couple hours before being transferred to a hospital. Uh, all of them will be held under observation for uh, at least a little while. Some will require, I'm sure, more than that. And the the um, and remember, you have a lot of children, and a lot of children are going to come back and find out that uh, their families are not the same as when as they as when they were caught and, and captured and taken in this brutal way. Many witness things that will be scarring them and it will take a lot of time. Uh, we know from hostages in the past and we know from people who've been in such circumstances that the there are so many syndromes that, that follow and Israel unfortunately has experience in this yeah. and we will see that manifest. So Mountain. they will be then just that they will be taken from the hospital and then the families are waiting at the hospitals for them and at the base. And then they will be, um, then every step will be weighed after that about what will happen to them. But we still, you know, until the actual transfer takes place, everybody's with bated breath. Malcolm, is there an exact number that they're working on right now? Like the latest report you've heard w would indicate that if all goes according to plan, so to speak, how many hostages are being released today? Uh, it's a good question because during the night, uh, what the numbers varied. To, some were saying 10 again. The number is supposed to be 13 in, in return for which Israel will release three to one. That means 39. Uh, and ultimately for the whole group, 150 of the 50 that are supposed to be released over the four days. And then 10 a day get by Hamas another day of ceasefire. Right. Uh, now, th that doesn't mean Israel doesn't do anything during this time. As you know, the Hamas violated the deal immediately, shot rockets into Israel, and there was uh, interspersed some moments of the shooting, but right now it does seem to be quiet. Uh, Israel, uh, they accused of doing things in violation. They were just finishing and responding to attacks against them. And then the the um, so the, if the ceasefire holds and the exchange can go ahead, uh, you will see 13 released today. The families of those to be released are being notified now or in the last hour of uh, of the status. And of course, for the rest of the families, it's they're happy to see them get out. Yep. But it adds to their tension and, and concern. Oh, there's no question about that. Um, why do you think, first of all, we should make it clear, Malcolm, and I think you'll say this unequivocally, if not for the strength of the Israeli military, the enemy would never have gotten to this point where they even expressed interest in releasing hostages, correct? It's only that military pressure that they've been under for the last couple of weeks that has even gotten us to this point. 
Absolutely. And I know a lot of people are critical of Israel and talking about, you know, the original sin and, and the, the failures. That's something that will be dealt with. Some of the families today called for Netanyahu's uh, removal or resignation. But the, the Israeli campaign has been very successful. You don't get the full story or impact. Uh, and the numbers that you get are coming uh, for wounded or killed are coming from Hamas's figures, but the many, many more are in fact uh, terrorists than uh, are, are reported. Thousands of them are are members of Hamas, and the you know it, it, the the campaign will need to continue. They've talked about two months more, whatever they need to resume because they're the leadership is still in hiding. They have not gotten to Khan Yunus where we know there are a lot of launchers. There's a lot of um, equipment and if you leave from past history we know that if you leave any of the cancer intact it metastasizes and grows again so they have to live up to the pledge not to allow anything to remain of the hamas infrastructure that doesn't mean they're going to kill all thirty thousand members of hamas means that they will get the leadership they eliminated another leader uh, yesterday and i know they have the others many others in their sights they still are exercising restraint when it comes to trying to avoid civilian casualties, but it's inevitable. And I'm sure that we will hear all sorts of terrible stories and numbers and stuff. Don't believe it. Wait to see what Israel says. We'll see what the real reports uh, say about the numbers that were uh, 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 in Gaza that were killed or injured. And you know that the numbers in Israel are reliable ones. And God willing, you know, we were over 70 number of soldiers that have been killed just in this in the action yeah. since they entered Gaza. Uh, all right. Altif Tachpeh, of course, uh, not that I'm suggesting otherwise, but why do you think the enemy has uh, settled for three to one when in past cases it's been much, much more to one when it came to uh, exchanges? Because I think that the leverage was was less. I think Israel learned its lesson and would not have engaged in another Shalit deal. Uh, as you know, a very heavy price was paid for that deal because many of them were recidivists, and it was true of all of the previous releases. Many of them go back to terrorism. Uh, so I think Israel was not willing to entertain anything um, more. They needed this. Hamas needs this for their own credibility. The outrage at Hamas. If you listen and have Arabic translators tell you what the people are really saying who are marching with those white flags going south, they're cursing Hamas. Yeah. Uh, not Israel. They, I'm not saying that they love Israel, but they certainly, the t- our anger is largely targeting them. So they needed this propaganda victory that they were able to get people out of jail, especially women and children, in exchange for women and children. Right. I think the price for the men may be, might be higher. Uh, understood. Um, how did, and what's the, I know it's for a longer conversation, but I'm trying to understand the role of Qatar here. You know, we always think of Iran as the sponsor of Hamas and other terrorist organizations, that they're behind all these terror organizations in the Middle East financially and in other ways. What is Qatar's role? Is it similar to that of Iran? Are they as radical there as them? And they're willing to house not, and they're willing to not only, you know, so to speak, supervise Hamas's activities, but literally house the leadership of Hamas there. Yes. Yeah, so first of all, one note on, on Iran, if you saw Khamenei said this is a Palestinian battle and therefore indicated they were not going to get directly involved, or obviously 
all of the terrorist groups, Hamas, Hezbollah, Palestinians, Islam, Jihad, only can function because of the money they get from Iran, which is hundreds of millions of dollars a year, and maybe perhaps more than a billion dollars a year uh, collectively, and certainly the Houthis as well, and the groups in Iraq and Syria, uh, the uh, Iranian militias in those countries. So <clears throat> Iran, uh, the Muslim Brotherhood, uh, Qatar is a Muslim Brotherhood country, and has engaged in radical politics. They have waves when they were actually the first to open the door to Israel. Uh, Perez visited there. We went there uh, 25 years ago, and it was very open, and they uh, they engaged with the Israelis. They had a, an interest office, not a formal embassy or anything, but an interest office that was there for many years. It was business exchanges and other things taking place. Then they reverted to their uh, true nature, uh, it seems, and uh, the Muslim Brotherhood elements uh, and ideology became more evident. The leadership of Hamas is there. The leadership of uh, the other terrorists found safe haven in, in Qatar. In the meantime, Qatar and Israel had a very strange arrangement and dependency because they were providing money to keep the uh, authority alive in, in Gaza, something Israel didn't want to be responsible for and, and wouldn't take responsibility, but um, somebody had to provide some funding and it was agreed and the United States has played an intermediary role with them a lot. Uh, and so they play this duplicitous uh, game with us where on the one hand, they make themselves essentially get PR. The other hand, they're funding uh, the Hamas and, and at the same time, they're funding a lot of the activities we see on the campuses. The report that came out showed that they put $13 billion, perhaps, wow. of foreign funds, a large part of it coming from Qatar, and a direct correlation between Qatari money, foreign money, and increased anti-Semitism on our campuses. They are the primary funders now. Saudi Arabia has backed off already for a while from it. They used to be uh, pouring more money in. and. Obviously, it comes with ideological strings, with conditions that universities, unfortunately, are meeting. And that is a separate conversation. But a lot of the tsarists we have on campuses, you can, this is a key element in that. that so Qatar now is the major uh, intermediary. They are the beneficiary. They, they benefit the, the leaders of Hamas. And, of course, their top leadership is sitting in fancy hotels in Qatar while their people suffer. And that just not, and it, that does not only mean Hania. It means like like how many people? Like an entire cabinet of of, of their leadership or or hundreds or thousands. I mean how many are we talking about that are in safe refuge there? Well, there's certainly well there are a lot of people there, you know, that live in Qatar or, or who have come to 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 Qatar as they call it. But um I would certainly say the the key leadership a handful because military leaders are on the ground and they let them be sacrificed and they are like his own grandson, know, his own grandson was killed it, by Israeli it, officials. And, this week. Yes. And their son, they're fighting and, and these guys are luxuriating yeah. in, uh, in the lap of luxury there. But the, 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 um, the resentment of the people in Gaza should not be underestimated. You know that the the West Bank figures that were just released in the last week or so of polls that were done in the last couple of weeks show greater support for making peace with Israel amongst people in Gaza 
than in the West Bank. By the way, Israel is operating still in the West Bank. They destroyed the house of the guy who did the shooting in Tel Aviv. They caught uh, a major a terrorist who's been responsible for a number of attacks just in the last 12 hours. Uh, there's no such thing as uh, as a, a right to extradition for Hania or anything like that, right? Like Israel couldn't officially either arrest him, um, you know, while he's outside the country for, for either war crimes or for, uh, you know, terrorist activity or endorsing terrorist activity and put in a special request that he be included in some of these exchanges, right? Oh, we'd like to include him in an exchange, all right. Uh, <laughs> but it's impossible. I mean, legally, it would, it would have no legs legally, right? Or, there's or, no legal issues when it comes to terrorists. They, right. they, you know, a murderer, you know, we, we exercise warrants against people all over the world, too. I think they are in the gun sites, and Israel has said that they're going to eliminate them. I think that uh, that concern weighs heavily on them. I'm sure you like like Nasrallah. Right. They never come out from their rat holes. They they hide all the time. They have to watch every if they hear buzzing noise. Believe me, they run and hide. The they have been if, if pretty effectively avoiding the, the being brought to justice. But it is not impossible. I, I'm not an international lawyer, so I think we have to get to people. Ask somebody who knows the intricacies of law, but I would not say they are beyond the scope of this operation. Interesting. It's America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web at NachumSingle.com and the NachumSingle Network, and of course, the beloved NSN app. Reminder, this coming Tuesday, Giving Tuesday kicks off our 40th anniversary year-end campaign, which we pray will be a success. If you like the programming here on a daily basis, it's very simple. Go to fjbunity.org, fjbunity.org, and keep us going. We have a proven track record, 40 years is a pretty long time. So give generously at fjbunity.org. All right, Malcolm, to this side of the world, because there are some people who start, started commenting to me how things have calmed down on this side of the world. And of course, yesterday, you see what happened at the New York City Public Library. Uh, you see what happened at the Thanksgiving Macy's uh, Thanksgiving Day Parade. You saw what happened in Brentwood, um, a Jewish home uh, where the residents were harassed and vandals uh, took care of what they had to do uh, in front of that home, etc., etc., etc. We don't see the response from public officials or from uh, law enforcement that we'd like. I know we have to be thankful to those who do respond and keep our public spaces and private uh, spaces safe. I get that. Uh, but there is obviously growing concern. Uh, w what are your thoughts? What are your thoughts when these um, uh, these rallies, protests, and demonstrations disrupt some of the uh, most iconic uh, American traditions, the most iconic American landmarks, and at the same time, we would, be, we would hope that law enforcement officials be cracking down on these characters well first of all i don't think they win any friends or supporters when you disrupt the parade and it causes a lot of anger uh, when they block highways in the way that they do uh, they have a right under american law for free speech and for free assembly i don't think that the law enforcement has been strict enough in demanding that they have permits for some of their things which we uh, are required to get and others are I know that it, it, the police are under tremendous pressure, and when you have multiple events, um, even when they attack police cars and smash their windows and wrote free Gaza and free Palestine on police cars, there was a, 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 a muted response. Uh, I think that there has to be a much greater crackdown on violence. We see that the that often these um, 
events, the people on the fringes or even in the middle have attacked institutions or vandalized places. There has to be a crackdown. I think law enforcement officials by and large have been outspoken and city officials, um, certainly the governor, the mayor, others have spoken out, but we have to see a concomitant response and permission given or, or insistence that law enforcement at all levels acts. I don't think it's because people don't take it seriously. I think it's because there's become this this uh, permissive culture, yeah. which we saw in regard to other issues, yeah. especially and on campuses as well. We must demand that, that the campus uh, officials exercise the same thing with their uh, enforcement agencies, because the police on, on the campuses are, are unique to each institution. There has to be the message that anytime there's an anti-Semitic incident, they get those responsible. You kick them off the campus, you you publicize their names that they become, uh, they don't get jobs, and that the world knows who's siding with Hamas. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. You have one of the one of the big benefits, of course, of your position and your history with members of the United States Senate and House is that you're in touch with them on a regular basis. Do they get the urgency of what's happening with the rise in crime and the rise of crime specifically, uh, as I described, uh, where the targets are these landmarks, um, Jewish people, uh, major events, etc. What do they have to say about it? Well, I've heard from many, and many are outraged by it because you saw what happened today in Goldman's uh, office. He's been outspoken. He's been uh, quite remarkable. Yep. Um, and his Brooklyn office was vandalized, yep. and uh, and um, there have been demonstrations and threats against others. The demonstrations outside of Schumer's house, outside of Hakeem Jeffries' houses, their home, private homes, that should not be allowed. There's no reason why they should threaten the homes, the families. Uh, and if so, then keep them a mile away or half a mile away. But I think that there has to be, um, they have to be protected. The the anger that I've heard from members of Congress about this, they associate them then with the radical movements that they are, that these groups are um, neo-fascist, that they are not, they, they're groups that tend towards violence. I saw an incident myself on the street where somebody tried to stop uh, a kid from removing the the posters of the kidnaps, and all of a sudden, ten people, ten younger people were there, and started threatening the individual who um, who tried to stop it. Uh, uh, thank God, a policeman came and just separated the sides and moved them away. That happened quickly, but this is uh, you know it's a tinderbox right now, and we everybody knows it. People see it, and you know, it, and once you invite violence to if it, to to um, people who engage in the violence don't fear consequences, it just invites it to be copycatted and repeated and expanded. It's a tinderbox that says it all. You're so right. A couple of things from around the world. You got to explain to me how, how how do you explain the BBC's attitude toward news reporting regarding Israel? I mean, some of their interviews, I'm sure you saw the one I'm referring to this week. I, I don't think you'd see that type of questioning from Al Jazeera. What is it about the BBC who now, by the way, have at least admitted, have uh, have reported and have discovered that the, you know, the tunnels actually exist under the hospital in Gaza. But c- can you give us just your opinion after watching them for decades, what it is about them that causes this? It's it's inherent in the ideology and in the structure of, of the BBC. It has been for decades. 
you know, this is part of their colonial tradition or maybe guilt. Uh, but more than that, it's the ideological orientation of BBC and much of the other media. You have few, even here in the United States, the coverage of a lot of the, the media, uh, with the exception, you know, a place like Fox or whatever. If you listen to NPR, if you listen to the, their coverage, it's exactly like BBC's. It's hostile. It's not balanced. And, you know, often they'll bring in an extreme a leftist uh, Israeli who ends up being as critical as the Arab <laughs> right. uh, on the other side. Right. But, you know, the Brit, if you listen to the way they ask questions, they always assert something and they say, right. would like with a question mark. Right. So the person has to say either, no, you're wrong or, or, and that's difficult when you're, you know, being you're the interviewed guest, like right. that. Right. So you, but you've already established a framework by virtue of the question, not looking for a, a, a complete answer. Are there exceptions? Yes, there are some exceptions. But when you see how Douglas Murray hit them on the issue of proportionality, if you listen to those who really have been effective in responding to uh, to the to the interviews, and then every once in a while they issue an apology. The apologies are meaningless because they don't they don't really take it seriously. They just buy off time. But sometimes it becomes so blatant that they couldn't even hide it themselves. So they said they were wrong in this. They, they still, the New York Times still hasn't acknowledged that Israel didn't bomb the hotel. They still don't acknowledge many of the other misreporting that they've been engaged in and their reports are just outrageous. And often the reporters, when you hear them being interviewed themselves on other programs, you see the bias. It's so blatant. Right. And, and then they bring out witnesses like a person like Trita Parsi, who worked for the National Iranian American Council. Now he's at Quincy and he's brought out as an objective observer. This is a guy who who, who uh, was a front for the most pro-Iranian uh, regime uh, organization. And uh, and he, he was clearly involved there. If those are the people you're going to bring as objective observers or analysts, then of course you're going to get distorted reports. So American press is guilty of a lot of this as well. That's why we have JM and the AM and need <laughs> to keep it. That's why we have some of the other uh, means of communication and have to expand them. We don't have enough uh, to, to counter the lies and the distortions. If you listen to some of their accounts about what went on in, in, uh, in, in Gaza itself, and then you find out that the person interviewing is in fact somebody associated with Hamas, though they don't say it and they don't uh, acknowledge it. So it's it's very disappointing, but the press is victim and and responsible for uh, also the woke culture and the the distortions and the uh, hostile attitude towards Israel that we see in so many uh, circles. Was the prime minister of Bahrain actually the first Arab leader in seven weeks to condemn what happened on October the seventh? It was the crown prince of uh, of Bahrain, and he did it at the opening of the Arab conference. Uh, and uh, yes, he was the first one and the only one to speak out in condemnation. Actually, I think the UAE spoke out originally uh, and others. And of course, they've all recalled their ambassadors from Israel, but they haven't severed ties and they won't. I don't think Bahrain will do it. Others, they are under pressure, you know, from their own internal constituencies at times or or, or from other Arab countries. Uh, so removing ambassadors is an easy way of, of saying, well, we, we demonstrated our, our resolve, although you've seen statements from some Saudis and others also condemnatory of, uh, of, of uh, Hamas or about terrorism. 
but it was a very, I thought, a courageous move at that conference to do it. And notice that very little came out of the conference, which was expected to issue all sorts of uh, declarations or take serious uh, actions. They did not. And uh, finally, in this little segment of Around the World, what can you tell us about the president-elect of Argentina? So there are two president-elects. That One is now going to be the president. That's Ecuador, because I've spoken a lot about South America and the warnings about how it has shifted. And the, the elections that earlier this year, there were three or four elections brought to power of extreme leftist, anti-Israel people. Here we see an election in Ecuador bringing uh, uh, somebody 35-year-old, very pro-Israel, wants to move the embassy, and in Argentina, an outsider who got elected, who studies Torah every day with a rabbi, who wears the yarmulke, says, sees himself as uh, in some you know, strange relationship with Judaism, um, a remarkable guy who, who, who ran on a platform of economic reform, also talks about moving the embassy. Both of them talked about visiting Israel. He's going to visit. It was one of his first moves, I think, even before he's installed. Um, it's not a it's not a temporary thing. It's a, it's a longstanding uh, commitment on his part, which he takes very seriously. So we we've seen some elections in Paraguay as well that um, uh, with positive outcomes. I think people are getting tired of the regimes that have have you know, in every realm, not just in regard to Israel, but in economic realms, political realms, brought them no, no nacha. So they, they are looking to new ways. And hopefully this will be ignite a new trend, though. I think it's certainly we can't discount Iranian influence there is growing in South America. China is expanding rapidly. They are still investing there. They're still engaged in all sorts of terrorist training, Hezbollah's presence uh, throughout. Is still a very serious situation, but, but these are positive signs. Yeah, I was just going to say, just that the Hamon Am in Paraguay, Ecuador, and Argentina have gone in this direction is such a positive sign. Yeah, but it wasn't because of Israel. I mean, obviously, this is not a, a major issue on the agenda of, of uh, the countries. They were elected for other reasons, but but the fact that people are so outspoken, like a million in Argentina. It's not that people didn't know, so right. it didn't stop them from right. voting for him and supporting him. And what does this do to the Iran? I mean, you alluded to it a moment ago, but the uh, the Iranian influence in South America. I mean, when you have now leaders like this in top positions or getting ready for the you know to be in this top position, does it alter things at all in terms of what they're willing and what the people are willing to tolerate in terms of Iranian infiltration into South America? And I don't think the people themselves make such a link, but I do think a we'll see more activity by Argent by Iran against some of these governments through their agents in Venezuela and the Bolivarian countries. But I think it is an important statement, and for the Amia bombings and the holding to account and the Nisman's murder and all things in Argentina that are still unresolved, that hopefully he will he will help. But it is a very important development, you know, Chile elected a very extremist government, hostile to us. It has the largest Palestinian population outside of, of the Middle East in Chile. So this is, a, a, and Argentina is a powerful country. If he can turn the economy around, if he can you know, move it in the right direction, it'll be a powerful influence in, uh, in South America. And I hope that we maybe we can create a new front there that will benefit, uh, you know, others running for office in the same vein. And finally, Malcolm, not that we uh, normally go back to uh, stories we covered 30 minutes ago, but there are people tuning in later 
in this conversation and are no doubt curious about the latest regarding the potential hostage uh, uh, negotiations and deal. Uh, it's supposed to happen uh, within the hour. It's supposed to be uh, happening at uh, 4 p.m. Israel time, which is 45 minutes from now. I don't know if you can uh, actually research different things during the 30 minutes that we're speaking, but have you learned anything over the last half hour in terms of an update regarding the situation? And just in general, if you could tell our listeners what to expect 45 minutes from now. First of all, when we talk, I'm laser focused on you. I can't do anything else. <laughs> second, uh, second, tell them to get up earlier if they got home late. Uh, they have to go to an earlier minion or or get up earlier. But uh, but uh, everybody should. I mean, I know everybody will be glued to to media to find out. It's still on track for four o'clock, though. Don't be surprised if it runs later. As I said, the families once the exchange takes place. They will be taken to from Egypt to through the Rafa crossing. Uh, they will be then uh, flown by helicopter or uh, if, if somebody needs to be hospitalized right away, that'll be done. But otherwise, they'll take it to a base that will be processed and then everybody will end up be hospitalized. Uh, the length of time depends upon the condition that they're in and the needs that they have. Uh, and again, it is not beyond Hamas to play games. They want to create tension. They want to terrorize people. That's why they do what they do. That's why they're called terrorists. So don't get impatient if uh, things run a little longer. But remember, they have a big stake in this. They need to show that they could release the, the, the people from the Israeli prisons. They need to keep this ceasefire and that if it's violated, Israel will move quickly. They still have the mo- the reserves uh, mobilized. Some have gone home for Shabbos and some, you know, they, they're allowing people uh, some respite, but uh, the activities, they have to be on alert. They have all of their presence still in Gaza and they can move immediately. So I think that that's what we should look for in the, in the next hour. Uh, the, I don't think you expect there'll be any statements or things forthcoming until that actually happens. As I said, Israel is talking to the families of those likely to be released, and uh, but but you, the Hamas can easily change the list only to increase the pain and suffering. You know, Malcolm, uh, I was joking earlier about the picture from thirty years ago this weekend where you and I were speaking on the air. I bet you that the that the uh, the theme of that conversation was Islamic fundamentalism. Don't don't you agree that it likely was a very big part of that conversation thirty years ago? Well, it's been a subject that we've discussed and I've talked about the danger of Iran and of Islamic fundamentalism since the late 1980s. And I know a lot of your listeners and a lot of people elsewhere said it was depressing and that they didn't want to know it. Now they say to me, we should have listened. When I started talking about the rise of anti-Semitism here on the program, people who listened regularly will know and would have been alerted. This is not new. This is stuff whose seeds were sown long ago. And it's just that we didn't root it out. I'm talking about in America, let alone things that Israel could have done more. The the international community still is tolerant of it. I think that this is this is not the end game. This is the early stages of the threats to us and to to Western democracy, Western values. October seventh, as I've said repeatedly, is a watershed. And the question is not that the, the world has changed. It has. They may not recognize it. The question is, have we changed? The 300,000 people in Washington say yes. The the outpouring of chesed and stuckers say yes, but it has to be sustained. It can't diminish. This is a long 
term, and they count on our getting tired. They count on, on our, you know, getting frustrated. They want to see us turn against the government of Israel and want us to turn against each other. The achtus that we have is the key to our survival. No question about it. We uh, can't get into an into an into an atmosphere of complacency. We've got to keep the atmosphere you just described going for as long as possible. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. Have a wonderful Shabbos. We'll speak, please God, next week. And please God, next week, may all the hostages be out. Amen. Thank you so much. Malcolm Honline is vice chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations with us Fridays for the weekly update here at JM in the AM. My thanks to Mayor for taking over Wednesday. My thanks to Avrami for taking over yesterday. Good to be back on a Friday era of Shabbos Parshas Vayetze with candle lighting time in New York at 412. Reminder, this coming Tuesday is Giving Tuesday. We'd love to get off to an amazing start for the uh, kickoff of our 40th anniversary year-end campaign. Uh, be as generous as possible is all I could ask I've depended on you for 40 years you've always come through please come through again fjbunity.org again fjbunity.org this time each and every Friday every Arab Shabbos with great pleasure we present Rabbi Benjamin Uden spiritual leader emeritus congregation Shomrei Torah in Fairlawn, New Jersey to address the entire listening audience concerning the Torah portion of the week good morning Rabbi Uden <clears throat> Good morning, Nachum. Good Erev Shabbos, everybody. Tomorrow we have the privilege of reading Parshas Vayetze. Parshas Vayetze finds us with Yaakov leaving home, and as he was told by his parents, to go and find a wife from his uncle Lavan's two daughters. And what do we have? First of all, something very fascinating. There are 148 psukim in this week's parsha of Ayetze, and yet there is not a single break in the text. What does that mean? We know that in the Torah you have what we would call paragraphs, either psucha or stuma. Psucha means that the end of the line is open. Stuma means that there's a break within the line, but when there is a new idea, there is a new paragraph. It's one of those we had at first. However, even though in Parshas Vayetze, where Yaakov has his majestic dream of the ladder going up to the heaven and the angels going up and down, and he comes to Choron, and he says to the workers, my brothers, come on, you're not working, etc. And we find that he marries first Leah and then Rachel, and he has 11 sons and one daughter. Incredible. And all the challenges and difficulties with love and still not a single break in the, quote, action, even though there are so many different ideas. And the Sfasemis suggests very sharply What's happening in this parsha? At this point, how many Jews are there in the world? And the answer is three. Yitzchak, Rivka, and Yaakov. Three Jews in the entire world. If one Jew has to leave Israel, in this case here, it's Yaakov who has to, quote, run for his life. 
because Yitzhak wants to kill him, when a Jew has to leave Israel, the Torah itself reflects sadness, and therefore the parsha itself is stuma, closed, tight, because the Torah is not just our book of laws, our book of morals, but literally it reflects itself that which is taking place within the Torah. So when you have Shiraz Hayom, Oz Yoshir Moshe, it's not written as prose, it's written as poetry, because the Torah itself, the text itself, the parchment itself is singing. And here, the parchment itself, the Torah itself, is tight, sad, that a Jew has to leave Israel. Okay, I'd like to share with you what I consider a very exciting idea coming from the beginning of the parsha, and then move on to the middle. And that is as follows. Right after Yaakov's dream of the ladder down here on earth, going up to heaven, and Hashem gives him the greatest traveler's insurance policy ever, where he tells him, Ushmar Ticha, Bechol Asher I will protect you, I will watch over you, wherever you go, and, Vashivo Sicha, El Ho Hazos, I will bring you back to this land, Kilo Ezovcha, I will not forsake you, Al Asher until I fulfill that which I have told you. So the Torah tells us, where was this dream? Oh, so in chapter 28, Pesach 19, the Torah says, Yaakov called the place where he had the dream, base ale, literally the house of God. And the Torah goes on to tell you, the Ulam, however, you should know that what was the name of the city originally? The name of the city was Luz. Now, at first glance, and even at second glance, what's the Torah telling us? Those people who are really interested in history, okay, you'll go to the library and find out what's going on here that the Torah has to tell us, whoa, Yaakov calls it Basil, but don't forget, the name of the city was originally Luz. So, I heard a very interesting interpretation based on the Gemara in Sota. Mem Vav Amadez, 46b. In the middle of the daf on Mem Vav Amadez, the Gemara tells us about the city of Luz. And there are several fascinating factors about it. I'm just going to address one. However, just to tell you uh, what was going on in Luz. Alright. In Luz, says the Gemara, should what was their uh, vocation going on in Luz? How did they earn their parnasa? They made Tcheles, uh, the blue for the tzitzis, the blue dye for 
the Pigtei of Kohanim, and so for one thing they were prosperous. Hulus Shabu Sanchira Volu Bilbala. Sanchira, when he came and he uh, unfortunately exiled the ten tribes and he moved people around from one place to another. He didn't touch the city of Luz. Nebuchadnezzar, when he came to destroy the first base on Migdash, did not destroy the city of Luz. But here's the point that I'd like to share with you. Bi'af, Malach HaMoves, the angel of death, Enlo Rishus Lavroba, didn't have the opportunity or the permission to go and take people to kill them, to cause them to die in the city of Luz. So what happened? Zekenim Sheba, the elders, Bizman Shedaiton, Kotza Alehem, at a time when their minds became weary of life, nothing more to live for, and they wished to die. Yotzin, they would go out of the city, Chutz Lechoma, Mason. So exceedingly fascinating. What's going on here? <coughs> Man was created initially by God to live forever. Unfortunately, he makes a big mistake, eats from the forbidden fruit, and unfortunately, we know the rest, a man was destined to die. Ki you come from the dust, you come from the earth, and to the earth you shall return. However, man who has this desire, as it was initially created, to live forever, Hashem, in His wisdom, allowed man to experience immortality, not himself, but rather through his children. We live on through our children. Now watch. The point being that in this city of Luz, man was to actually have that initial point of man being immortal. However, we see that after a while, even man says, there's no more purpose for me to live, would step out of this city and die. Yaakov now comes and says, the name of the place is called Base Ale. This is replacing Luz. Man who has that strong desire for immortality, you're going to get it. How are you going to get it? By calling the place Base Ale, a house of God, by living a life of following Torah, mitzvot, the ways of God. This is what you are going to perpetuate to your children, to your grandchildren, to your family. Oh, this is how you will have your immortality. Man will live in perpetuity. Man will live forever. How does he live forever? Through his good deeds and through his Torah and Meisen Tovim, which are being, quote-unquote, perpetuated to and through his children.
is the first point I'd like to share with you. Moving on, I'd like to show the following. That how is this to be perpetuated? In Parshas Chayisara, the Torah spends 67 psukim in telling us what to look for in a wife. And in one word, the answer is chesed. In one word, she should be giving as opposed to taking. This is what we learn in Parshas Chayisara. And that's why the Torah devotes no less than 67 psukim for finding a wife for Yitzchak in the person of Rivka. In this week's parsha, I'd like to point out how to maintain that beautiful, harmonious Jewish home. And the answer could be found in Parshas, in our Pasha, chapter 31, where after Yaakov amasses his wealth, then, as we saw, in Parshas Toldos, as soon as the Jew is successful, he is envied by uh, his neighbors. In this case here, Lavan and his children are jealous of Yaakov, and things are not the same. So, we're told in chapter 31, Pasuk 3, Vayomer Hashem al Yaakov, Hashem says to Yaakov, Shuv, El Eretz Abosecho Ulmoladetecho, go back to the land of your fathers and your native land, and Ve'yeimach, I will be with you. Okay. So, the next Pasuk, Pasuk Dalid, the Torah tells us Yaakov calls to his wives, Rachel and Leah, to come to the field for a kind of board meeting. And what does he say? Starting with Pasuk 5, instead of saying, Rachel, Leah, listen carefully, Hashem told me last night, cook a home, and what do you think? Should we go home? No. The Torah gives us a long soliloquy of Pasuk 5, Pasuk 6, Pasuk 7, Pasuk 8, Pasuk 9, Pasuk 10. You'll see this yourself, okay? Until he gets to Pasuk 11. Unbelievable. All this describing how challenging and difficult it's been with your father. And now, Hashem has told me last night to go back. So, therefore, basically, he's looking for their approval. So, he doesn't simply say, as you'll see in a moment, Hashem said, go back. What do you say, ladies? No. And they, in turn, starting with his wives, Rachel and Leah, what do they say? Impossible. Yud Dalid. Watch. They, too, say, wait a minute. Are we really considered like our fathers, daughters? No. He's treating us as if we were strangers, not even like family, etc. And they too go on to say that how, quote, miserable it's been living with their father. And then at the end, at the, only at the end, what do we see? That they say, and now, whatever Hashem has told you to do, do. Come on. 
Rachel and Leah, get right to the point. Why do you have to agree with Yaakov that living with your father is bad? So we certainly don't mind leaving and listening to Hashem. As if to say, we're listening to Hashem as a secondary measure. They should say, come on, Hashem told you to go. We're ready. We're signing on. We're going. Rav Elio Lapian, Sechazadik Lavracha, in his Levelio, says something beautiful from here. We see from here that a person's attitude towards Torah and Mitzvah shouldn't be, okay, I'm an observant Jew. I'm ready and willing to make all kinds of sacrifices in this world because I know it's going to be good for me in the quote-unquote world to come. This, he says, is wrong. This, he says, is not the way Jewish life is supposed to be. Ideally, it's supposed to be pleasant and beautiful in this world, not only in the world to come. So this is the first thing that Yaakov and his wives are teaching us. But now, I believe something very important. Rather than Yaakov coming and telling his wives, okay, we're going back to the land of Israel, Hashem has told me to go, Yaakov goes and seeks their advice. He shows kavod to his wives. And as a result, when we, when we speak about a Jewish home and harmony in the home, it stems, as the Gemara teaches in Yevamos, some of days, some days. The Gemara teaches, that one is to love his wife like himself, but his honor and respect for her should be yoser migufo, more than he has for himself. Self-respect is so important. It's the dignity of man. And here the Torah says that your spouse is to come first. Oh, the Torah doesn't only teach you what to look for in Parshas Chayisara. The Torah teaches you how to maintain that beautiful Jewish marriage by showing even more respect for one's spouse than for oneself. There's so much in this verse that Yikra Yaakov Shema Makom Base Ale, Yaakov said, You want perpetuity, you're gonna have it coming forth from a house of God, from a house that observes Torah mitzvos. And what was the name of the place before? Luz, people looking for immortality. The rabbis teach us, as we'll see in Parshas Vayachi, Yaakov Avinu Lomes. Yaakov didn't die. And Am Yisrael is Chai. Am Yisrael lives on. As we find in that dream, that every time we fall down, we rise up stronger. The Chaye Olam, immortality, not Abisochenu, is given to us now, not only in the world to come. Shabbat Shalom to all.
oceans and the rivers through every single dawn. No matter what the soldiers said or how the rain would pour, Sadie always kept a smile and wiped the tears away. Nothing could ever keep him down when he'd start to say, It's Shabbos now, Shabbos now, and I will sing.
p.m. and the a.m. Eighth day with its Shabbos now. Continue to pray for the release of all the hostages as this very unusual Arab Shabbos continues. J.M. and the A.M. Good morning, everybody. It's Arab Shabbos Parshas Vayetze 412. is candle lighting in New York. Make sure you know when things start where you are. Uh, this portion of NSN programming brought to you by our friends at A&H. Abel's and Hyman makes traditional kosher delicacies, pastrami, corned beef, salami, and more. Old world classics, beef fry, kishka, and more. And modern, better for you kosher products, including no nitrate added, reduced fat, reduced sodium hot dogs, plus many other unique items. Visit the website at kosherdogs.net. Try A&H today. You'll be glad you did. That is an understatement. By the way, our friends at ArtScroll have a limited time offer for Black Friday and Cyber Monday. Uh, it is six days only, now through Tuesday, where every set and every size of the Schottenstein Talmud Bavli is just nineteen seventy-five. Every set, nineteen seventy-five. The full-size English, Dafyomi size English, full-size Hebrew, Dafyomi size Hebrew. Check it out. All full-size sets of the Schottenstein Talmud Yerushalmi are fourteen seventy-five during the Black Friday Cyber Monday sale that goes on through. Tuesday, courtesy of our friends from ArtScroll, also at ArtScroll.com, 50% off right now through Tuesday of the fully loaded iPad, just $750. It has everything you can imagine in it. No joke. Check it out. Go to ArtScroll.com. You know the rule. Always use promo code radio. Again, always use promo code radio at ArtScroll.com. You will be glad you did. Um. Yeah, you'll be glad you did is right. Uh, by the way, this coming Tuesday, it's Giving Tuesday here at the Nahum Siegel Network. It's the official kickoff of our 40th anniversary campaign. Again, our 40th anniversary campaign, the year-end campaign, starts officially Tuesday uh, with Giving Tuesday this coming week, and we're looking forward to a great day this coming Tuesday here at JM and the AM and the Nahum Siegel Network. If you'd like to get us off to a great start, no problem, fjbunity.org. Again, that's fjbunity.org. You can get get us off to an amazing start, and I certainly hope you will. FJBUnity.org is the um, is the web address to get us off to a great start for this coming Tuesday, which is Giving Tuesday to kick off our 40th anniversary campaign here at the Nahum Siegel Network. Pretty amazing, huh? 40 years. Yeah, I would say that is pretty amazing. Our friends at ShopEichlers.com. Our friends at ShopEichlers.com have yet another amazing Black Friday deal. Now, listen carefully. Uh, You heard the news this week that now, year-round, every day of the year, whenever you shop at ShopEichlers.com, you get a 5% discount with promo code RADIO. Every single day, every single purchase, 5% discount, always use promo code radio. However, because of the way that ShopEichlers.com's back end works, on a day like today, Black Friday, when you want to save on menorahs and menorah stands, because they have a 20% off deal on menorahs and 
Menorah stands. You go to shopbyclues.com, and just for today, uh, for the Menorahs and Menorah stands, use promo code BF for Black Friday, BF2023. So if you're purchasing a Menorah or Menorah stand from shopbyclues.com between now through um, through Sunday, again, uh, 20% off. Actually, say through Monday, right? Yeah, through Monday. 20% off. Um, with um, with promo code BF2023. So that's for the menorahs and the stands between now and Monday. Anything else ever, always use promo code radio at shopiclers.com. That's the rule. Get used to it, and you'll be saving, saving, saving all through the year. Simple as that. Our friends at shopiclers.com, we thank them. JM in the AM with a reminder that coming up at 10 o'clock Eastern time, it'll be the Arab Shabbos show with Mark Zamek, brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem. Kedem is synonymous with Shabbos and certainly synonymous with Erev Shabbos when it comes to us. They sponsor our Erev Shabbos music mix, the final hour beginning at about 3 p.m. Eastern time. And, of course, they are the, um, they are the uh, what's the word I'm looking for? The stalwarts, the, um, uh, the ones you'll always find is a word I'm looking for. Uh, when it comes to the Erev Shabbos show with Mark Zamek, uh, it is uh, Kedem, of course, who are uh, there every single time sponsoring that great broadcast. That's happening at 10 a.m. Eastern time, followed by our Arab Shabbos music mix, the final hour, etc., etc. Saturday night, Siegel with Avrami tomorrow night at 7, excuse me, at 9 p.m. Eastern time with Rabbi Eliezer Zwickler. And then, of course, on uh, Sunday, it's Matis and JM Sunday beginning at 7 a.m. Eastern time, all here on the Nahum Siegel Network. So plenty going on. Lots of incredible programming. Don't forget Tuesday. Tuesday is our Giving Tuesday to kick off our 40th anniversary year-end campaign. Support us over the weekend by going to uh, fjbunity.org, fjbunity.org. We want the campaign to get off to an amazing start this coming Tuesday. More coming up. It's Friday. It's Erev Shabbos. You're listening to JM in the AM. Shalom Aleichem Himalachem Ashorech
Dax with that Shabbos medley here at JM in the AM. Time to say good Shabbos. Candle lighting at 412 in New York on this era of Shabbos Parshas Vayetze. Make sure you know when things start where you are. Time to say good Shabbos with Journeys at JM in the AM. The sun is going down 
It's shining through the trees Another week's gone by Become a memory So throw away your hammer There's nothing left to do Brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listeners, sponsored digital radio, around the world, on the Nachum Network, and of course, in the beloved NSN app. 
Wraps up an amazing Friday era of Shabbos, Black Friday here at JMNAM. Don't forget, Tuesday is Giving Tuesday to kick off of our 40th anniversary year-end campaign. Make sure to join us at any point today or any time by giving at fjbunity.org, fjbunity.org. We greatly appreciate that. Have a fabulous Shabbos, a good weekend, everybody. Let's pray that uh, not only do the hostages uh, come home, those who are scheduled to come home today, please God, they should really come home. But let's hope all of them come home today or as soon as possible. Continue to pray for them and for our brothers and sisters in Israel. Have a fabulous Shabbos. Good weekend. Until Monday, Nachum Segal reminding you, remember the past, live the present, and trust the future.